The following audio is from Solid Rock Community Church. More information about Solid Rock Community Church is available at www.solidrockcommunitychurch.com. Well, again, I am so glad that you're here, but before I, before I get into the message this morning, I want to give a big shout out to Pastor Paul, who's here today. See? Yeah. Yeah. And Amy, Amy, we're so glad that you're here as well and your family. I can't, man, it's so awesome to see you guys. Paul and I had a chance to hang out for a couple of hours uh, yesterday at breakfast. And, and, and for those of you who don't know, Paul was on staff here for about, I think, about seven or eight years, something like that. And he is doing a phenomenal, him and Amy are doing a phenomenal work over in Elmira in Cooley Dam. We had a multi site church just doing an amazing work for God. And we're so proud of you, Paul and Amy, for what you're doing. So, man, yeah. Awesome, man. That's great. So I always love hanging out with Paul. He's such a great guy. So uh, a great relationship. Well, if you were here last week, then you know that we started talking about worry. And worry is really just in this moment, worrying about the next moment. To somehow try to capture the attention of God or somehow being able to harness, you know, some power to where there's some certainty about tomorrow. In fact, there was an incredible uh, article that was written a few years ago, and it wasn't a Christian author. It was actually a secular author, and he said that worrying is like prayer in reverse. And I kind of like that because it's true, because prayer generally makes issues smaller. Worrying generally makes issues bigger, right? Because when we worry, what have we done? We've sort of We've sort of cleared out all of the other arenas of life, all of the other issues of life, and we've focused our, our attention on the one thing, you know, how am I going to get into that school? How am I going to pass that exam? Is she going to call me back? You know, is he going to call me back? Are they going to keep me on the job? Are they going to let me go? Is my industry, you know, going to survive? All those kinds of things. We get so hyper-focused on the one thing, and it gets just bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and we're just totally distracted by something that we really can't, in, in most cases, do anything about. And so Jesus, 2,000 years ago, it's as if he wrote this for us in our modern day, 21st century, and he addresses the issue of worry. And the thing that Jesus does, which is so incredibly helpful, unlike anything else that I've read on the subject, Jesus actually gives us a solution to worry. All of the other things basically, you know, help you medicate your worry, help you deal with your worry, help you, you know, cope with your worry. And Jesus comes along and Jesus says, you know what? There is actually a solution, you know, for this, for worry. And this is what sets Jesus apart from everything else. And, and again, I think you should read everything that you can about worry. Find books that help you deal with your stress, help you deal with your anxiety. Go see a doctor. I think that's all fine. But Jesus, what Jesus has to say about worry is so incredible. So we're going we're gonna to continue. We're going to be in Matthew, if you want to follow along in your Bibles. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. And last week, if you were here, you know I kind of gave you a half of a sermon. You might have felt like it was a full sermon, but it was really a half a sermon. Uh, just wanted to give you some things to, to think about. But today, we're actually going to get to the conclusion about what Jesus had to say 
about worry. We're going to be in verse 27. I'm going to read to you three verses that we looked at last week to kind of get us going, and then we'll jump into the latter part of this passage in Matthew chapter 6. So here's what he says in verse 27. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And of course, the answer is, is no. And he could have said, how many of you have worried so much that you've taken hours off your life? And all of us would kind of raise our hands and go, yep, that's me. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the, fields of the, uh, the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor. They don't spin like us. You know, we do labor. We do spin. And yet I tell you that, that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. And remember last week, Jesus said, look, I, I just want you to pause for just a second. And I want you to take a lesson from nature. Remember, Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. And we said, well, we don't have time for that. Look at the flowers of the field. And we're like, well, I don't have time to look at the flowers of the field. I mean, I've got a family to raise. I've got a mortgage to pay. You know, I've got a 401k. I've got my retirement. You know, if I can find that somewhere. We've got all this stuff to do. And Jesus comes along and Jesus says, wait, 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 wait. I'm trying to help you out. I need you to step back for just a little bit, and I want you to consider what I've done, what I've been doing, what you've taught your children, you know, that I've done, and what you grew up believing that I did. I created everything. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? It's like, yeah, yeah, I believe that. I created economy. I created the flowers of the field. I created the birds of the air. I mean, you know, they have these internal instincts. They fly south and they go, you know, I think we should return and they come back. I mean, you know, we got all that stuff going on. I put all of that into motion. You believe that, right? Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, in the beginning, God, I believe all that. I believe there's a creator. I've taught my children that. We did vacation Bible school. We did, you know, talked about Noah's Ark. I, I believe God's behind all of that. And Jesus is going, okay, okay, okay. Don't lose sight of the things that you have believed all your life and you, you've believed, you know, growing up, you've taught your children because that is part, that is part of helping you to overcome worry. And so he goes on and he, he continues. If that is how God closed the grass of the field, which is, here today and gone tomorrow, stoned into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? So again, taking us back, do you believe that God is in control? Yep. Do you believe that God started all of this? Yep. Do you believe that God is behind, you know, and keeping the planets going and keeping all, every, yep, I believe all of that. So he's going, okay, okay. If you've come that far along in your faith, why would you stop short? Of the next step. And then, and this is kind of where he kind of twists the knife a little bit. And this is where we ended last week. He said, oh ye of little faith. Oh you of little faith. In other words, and this, this is huge for us this morning. If, I mean, if we were to just stop right here and you didn't listen to any, anything else, here's what you need to know. There's a relationship between the size of your faith and the size of your worry. Jesus says the reason, the reason your worries are so big is because your faith is so little. He's going, look, you've already believed the harder you know, to believe part. Why don't you just let your faith go to the next step? 
And, you know, why don't you just come to the place where you can say, you know what, I don't know how it's going to work out. You know, I certainly cannot control the future. I mean, I've spun and I've sowed and I've saved and, you know, I've, I've reaped and, you know, I've done all I know how to do. I've paid my bills. I've worked hard. I've studied hard. I filled out the application. You know, I showed up for the interview. I've done everything that I know how to do. I can trust God with the next series of nows. And that's what Jesus was teaching. I can trust God with tomorrow. And Jesus is going, come on. The reason you're so worried is because your faith is so small. Because there's a relationship between your faith and your worry. People with huge faith, people who have gigantic faith, they don't worry much. In fact, they bother you, don't they? It's like, man, you got so much faith, right? They have the same set of circumstances that you do, and they're just not worried. And you're like, man, you need to worry like the rest of us. I mean, you, need to join the, you need to join the worry club. We're all worried. What's wrong with you, right? You know, we, we look at them, and, and some of you, some of you have had the privilege of interfacing with, or you have, you know, having friends with, or living close by, or maybe going to church with people who really, they don't worry. In fact, their circumstances are worse. Their future is darker. Their future is even more unsure, and you talk to them, and they've done all they can do, and they don't seem to worry. They don't seem to be afraid. They don't seem to be, you know, uh, you know filled with anxiety, and you Think what I think when you meet people like that. You think, hmm, I'm not sure how I would handle that. I'm not sure how I would respond to that. I'm, I'm glad that's not me. I mean, if that happened to me, I mean, I think maybe I might be a nervous wreck. If that happened to me, I think I might start drinking a lot more. If that happened to me, I'm thinking maybe my family might disintegrate and blow up. I don't even know maybe how I would even get, be able to get out of bed in the morning. I'm not sure how I would be able to handle that if I was going through all of that. And they just seem to be not fine, but they just seem to be not worried. I mean, it's like, what is that? Well, you've just run into somebody who has big faith because the bigger your faith, the smaller your worry. And Jesus says, okay, come on. We need to talk about faith here. We need to talk about this faith issue. You see, you don't stop worrying by trying to stop worrying. That's not how you do that. That's like, you know, you know trying to go to sleep. Remember when you were a kid, your parents would say, hey, just try to go to sleep. Remember that? And it's like, it's like how do you do that, right? It's like, how do you, how do you go to sleep? You know, same thing. Or your husband or your wife or your kids are like, Mom, you worry too much. Mom, stop worrying. It's like, well, how do you how do, you do that? I mean, how, how's that, how does that happen? And Jesus said, okay, I'm actually going to tell you how. But you see, we've got to see the connection. See, part of the problem is if you don't understand the problem, you will never embrace the solution. See, it's a faith problem. Your faith is small. You have not allowed your faith to go to the next step. You've not even allowed your faith to even go to its logical conclusion. God did all of this. Do I think that God can handle all of this? So he goes on. He says, oh, you of little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? And again, as we said last week, you know, the what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear, those were the worry points of that first century audience. That was the worry points of that culture. They, those were the worry points. I mean, they're not the worry points for us. 
Most of us here this morning, that's not what we're worried about. I mean, we may be worried about some things that could lead to the place to where we might say, you know, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? Where are we going to live? What am I going to wear? But that was not the worry points for his culture. His culture, it was, I mean, it was like day to day. It was like hand to mouth. If Jesus were speaking to you and I today in the 21st century, he might say something like this. He, he might say, so don't worry saying, where am I going to get that job? How am I going to somehow figure out the housing situation? How am I going to pay for my kid's college? How am I going to apply for that scholarship? How am I going to get into that school? How am I going to? How am I? How am I? How am I? He says, whoa. He says, look, don't worry saying, woe is me. You know, how's it going to happen? And how can I ensure a future for myself? And, you know, how can I, you know, uh, control the outcome of these decisions? You know, how can I uh, somehow harness God's power to make something happen? He says, look, don't, don't spend your time stressed out about that. Don't, don't do that. And, and, and listen to this. this, this is important. Not because they're not important. They're very important. They're very, very important. Not because you should be careless. Not, not that you should come to the place, well, I just don't care anymore. No, no, no. After you've done all that you can do, don't sit around stressing and worrying about the future. And then listen to what Jesus says in verse 32, what he says next. And he still hasn't given us a solution. Check this out. He says, for the pagans, and that's Jesus' word, that's not mine. And the pagans were the people who didn't even believe there was a God, didn't believe that there was a personal God, didn't believe that there was a God who knew your name, didn't believe that there was a God who actually answered prayers. For the pagans run after all these things. And that's a very, very important phrase right there. When he says, when he makes the statement, the pagans run after, that's parallel with, with worry. That's parallel with seek. That, that's parallel with devoted themselves to. And he says, look. He says, come on. He said, you guys believe there's a God, right? You, you, you guys believe that God did all of this stuff, right? They're like, yeah, we would believe. We, we would say today, we would go, yeah, we believe that God sent Jesus. We're like, there. He's saying, look, if you're so stressed out, and some of you, you, you need to hear this this morning because you are stressed out. He says, if you're so stressed out over the important things, over the critical things, you know, these things that are important to life, if you're so stressed out and bent out of shape over all these things that you can't get to anything else, and you're so distracted, he says, you're acting like people who don't even believe there's a God. You're living your life practically as an atheist. You're saying, yeah, 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 I believe, I believe, but, you know, I, I can't worry about that because, you know, i got to stress out. I've got to over-medicate. I've got to take the edge off somehow. He's saying, look, if you do that, you're acting like a person that doesn't even believe there's a God. And let me tell you where I think that little phrase is important for you and important for me right now, where we are as a culture and where we are in our nation right now. Listen, all of us, all of us, everybody sitting in this auditorium this morning, all of us to some extent are arm to arm with people who have the same worries, same needs, and the same concerns about industry, about their jobs, about school, about your future, about you know marriage, about relationships. 
All of us. You could huddle up with a group of people. We could divide up this room even. We could say, okay, hey, everybody whose number one concern is, you know, how am I going to deal with the job or how am I going to deal with my house? You guys all go over there. And everybody whose number one concern is that prodigal son or that prodigal daughter, you guys just huddle up over here in this corner over here. And we could all get together and huddle up and be arm in arm. We all have the same worries. We all have the same concerns. And Jesus is saying, look, he's saying, listen, when you bump into, when you rub shoulders with, you know, with people in the marketplace or people in your school, he's saying, you know, and they have the same words that you do. He says, your response should be different. In fact, your response should be so different that they're amazed at your response. They should be able to look at your life and be able to look at my life and go, wow, wow. You don't seem to be worried. I mean, you seem to care. You seem to be, you know, a responsible person, but you aren't worried. You aren't afraid. It's like, you know, how do you sleep at night? It's like, are you freaked out? I mean, aren't you stressed out? What are you going to do? Why don't you seem to be as out of control as, you know, some of my other friends who have the same issues? And Jesus says, this is your opportunity to shine brighter than ever before. You know, as I, as I think about, you know, you know as, as a church and as a culture and as Christians, as Jesus followers, as Christ followers, this is our opportunity because we're, we're at a place as a nation, we're at a place as, as people where, there, where there's more to worry about than ever, than there's ever been before. At least that's the perspective that a lot of people have, which means, which means for those of us who face some of those same circumstances but refuse to be bound by worry, our light or your light is going to shine just a little bit brighter. And Jesus is going, look, if you give in to worry, if you get sucked into worry, if you get distracted by worry, there might as well not even be a God for you. I mean, if that's how you're going to respond, you're acting like everybody else. He's saying, here, here is our opportunity to shine brighter than ever before. And I I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, is there another opportunity to shine brighter than ever before? Can we just... Can we just kind of move on past this one? Can I have another one like how to manage wealth? Can I shine bright doing that? I mean, I know they won the lottery, and, you know, some of those guys, their lives were ruined and, you know, all that stuff, but, you know, he didn't seem to be ruined. Can I have the win, the lottery, shine bright, manage wealth kind of thing? But we don't get a choice, do we? We don't get a choice. And Jesus says, look, your struggles, your temptations... Your circumstances, they're like common to all men. The difference is not the challenge. The difference is not the trial. The difference potentially could be your response. Don't worry, run after, fret, you know, get bent out of shape over where am I going to live, what am I going to eat, what am I going to wear. He says that's what people who don't think there's a heavenly father, that's what they worry about. You should be different. I should be different. And still, Jesus hasn't given us a solution yet. But listen to how he finishes out this thought. And your heavenly father, what? Come on, say it again. Your heavenly father, what? He knows. 
He knows you need them. See, this is what, this is what separates the pagans from the non-pagans, this, this statement right here. He says, come on, don't, don't you believe or do you believe that your heavenly Father knows you need these things? Do, do you believe, do you really believe that your heavenly Father knows that you need these things? I mean, wouldn't it make a difference in your life if you really believe that your heavenly Father knew? Wouldn't it make a difference? I mean, imagine it this way. Imagine tonight, imagine tonight, you got all this stress in your life, and it could be a children thing, a son thing, a daughter thing. It could be a marriage thing, a money thing, a business thing, industry thing, a relationship thing, you know, whatever it might be. But tonight, just before you went to sleep, in some way that, you know, didn't freak you out, an angel showed up to you. And the angel was from God, okay? I mean, we're going to make sure it's the right angel, okay? Let me make sure it's the right angel, right? Okay. And I know this is kind of weird, but imagine if the angel showed up and it was just you and that angel, and, and all that the angel said was, God knows. He knows. You just need to know. He knows. And that's, that's all he said. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be extraordinarily comforting to you if you just knew for certain that God knows, even if nothing changes, even if you don't know what God's going to do, even if you don't know, you know about tomorrow? Wouldn't that be, I mean, isn't there extraordinary comfort in the fact that he knows? Because if he knows, and he's kind of worried about it, and if he knows and he's on it, and he's got your back, then I don't really have to be worried. And Jesus says, oh, by the way, I just want you to know, just in case you haven't been paying attention, he knows that you need these things. He knows all about that, which means they're important. This isn't about it doesn't matter, and, you know, it does matter. But the good news is, is that your heavenly Father knows. And because he knows, you don't have to worry. But you're only not going to worry if you truly believe he knows and if you're willing to trust him that he knows. And that's why the bigger your faith, the smaller your worry. If you could come to the conclusion, you know what? <clears throat> I really do believe that God knows what I need. That that God knows about my loneliness, that God knows about the stress, that God knows about the marriage situation and what's happening, that God knows about the house, that God knows about the industry, that God knows about that sale I'm trying to make. It, you know, if I was really confident that God knew all of that, what would happen to my stress level? What would happen to my worry level? And Jesus said, well, I'll tell you exactly what would happen. It would decrease significantly in your life. And he says, your heavenly father knows what you need. And then it's like, drum roll, please. He gives us, he takes us to the solution. I mean, he's had some fun with us the last couple of weeks, right? You know, you're not as smart as a bird. You're not as smart as a flower. You don't have a lot of faith. You're kind of acting like pagans. You know, he's kind of done all that. And then he comes to the solution. And here's what he says. But, and you know, you know, here, here's, the, here's the deal. There's something you can do about worry rather than trying not to worry. And he says, I'm going to tell you what it is. And it actually goes back to this ideal that he introduced at the beginning of the passage when he said, you cannot serve God and your stuff. You cannot be fully devoted to God and be fully devoted to your stuff. You remember when he told us that? He says, the issue is your devotion. He says the issue to worry is, is redirecting your devotion. 
The solution to worrying isn't trying to stop worrying. And the solution to worry isn't, well, to say, well, you know, it just doesn't matter. I mean, who cares about a house? And who needs to eat anyway? I mean, who cares about all of those things? No, it's not that. The solution, he says, is to redirect your devotion. And listen to how Jesus opens up the statement that gives us the solution. Here's what he says. You've heard this a thousand times. You may have sung this all your life in songs, but here's how he begins. He says, but seek what? What? First. So let's just pause right there for just a second. But, big contrast to everything that we've said up to this point. He says this to his audience, and he would say this to you, and he would say this to me. He would say, but seek first. In other words, what you've been seeking first is the wrong thing. What, what you have been extraordinarily devoted to is leading you to that valley where you're just consumed with worry. What you have been seeking first is why you are where you are emotionally. You've been devoted to the wrong thing, and where you are is the result of being devoted to or seeking first the wrong thing. And so Jesus says, he said, I want to give you the solution. The solution is the transfer of devotion. The solution is to transfer your devotion to something entirely different than where it's been before. Because your devotion, as we said last week, your devotion determines where your emotions are. And your emotions determine what you worry about. And then here it is. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. But seek first, as opposed to school and grades and job and house and prodigal son and prodigal daughter and you know kids and singleness and loneliness and all of those things. He says all of those things are very important. They are very, very important. I mean, your father knows it all about those. They're very, very important. But listen to me, listen to me. As long as your primary devotion Come on, listen up. As long as your primary devotion is financial security, as long as your primary devotion is all about having a happy marriage, as long as your primary devotion is all about, you know, kids acting responsibly and get a job and get out of the house, as long as your primary devotion are all of those things, then you are going to be consumed with worry. And Jesus invites us. He says, look, I want to invite you into a different way of living and thinking. And Jesus' invitation for you and for me, for all of us, is to surrender our entire lives. Not just a segment, not lives that are compartmentalized, not just the areas in our life that we're consumed with and that we worry about. He says, here's what I want you to do. I want there to be a reversal of devotion. I want you to seek First, my kingdom and my righteousness, which means, which means, Jesus would say, I want you to seek my agenda for the world, and I want you to put your agenda second. Now, many, many of you here this morning, especially if you were raised in a Catholic church or a Catholic system, or maybe you, you know, went to a Catholic school, you know all about this because you quoted this, you know, you know, a thousand times. If you were like me, who grew up in a charismatic Pentecostal church, you, you kind of only heard this sung at weddings and was usually sung by some person, lady, with a very high voice that almost broke, you know, shook chandeliers types of things. So, you know, but anyway, so sang really high. But, but in both cases, 
But in both cases, you, you've said it so many times that you've forgotten what it means, or you've heard it sung so many times that you really weren't you know, paying attention. So here's what it means to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's not complicated. It's not uh, theological. Uh, it, you know, Jesus summed it up this, this way when he prayed the prayer that you and I all memorize. So you ready? Here, here it is. <clears throat> thy kingdom come, thy will be done on That, that, means, that means your life, your world, your earth, in your earth, your marriage, your business, your finances, your parenting, you know, your kid raising, all that stuff. Thy kingdom come. This is what Jesus, Jesus told us to pray. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And for you and for me to accept Jesus' challenge of, you know, seek first the kingdom of God, it simply means this. It means, it means to pray like this. Let me give you an example. Here's what it means to pray. God, you know how bad I want that relationship? God, you know how bad I want that profession? God, you know how bad, you know, I want to get into, you know, that particular school. And I've done everything I know how to do. And my temptation is to obs- just obsess over it. You know, is it going to happen? Is it going to take place? And what if, what if, what if? That's my temptation. But <clears throat> I've decided thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, on my dirt, in my life, as it is in heaven. I've decided to seek your kingdom first and where I go to school second. I've decided to seek your kingdom first and my business or my industry second. I've decided to seek your kingdom first and my singleness second. I've decided to, in other words, I've made a transfer of devotion. Instead of being committed to my kingdom and trying to get you to answer my prayers and get in on my deal and my agenda and my thing, I'm going to take Jesus up on this challenge. I am to the best of my ability, going to surrender all of my life and to say, God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. No matter what happens, at the end of every prayer, at the end of every day, when I'm so tempted to delve into tomorrow, when I'm so tempted to worry about tomorrow, I'm just going to say, wait, 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 wait. You know what I need. I truly believe that. I mean, you, you know what I desire, you know what I want. I mean, I've told you, I told you that. But at the end of the day, I sincerely, to the best of my ability, I want your will done in my life more than I want my way. And friends, I'm telling you, when that happens, when you make that transfer of devotion, something happens inside your heart. Something happens to your worry. And I've seen it happen over and over and over again. Sometimes, listen, sometimes you're forced there through brokenness. Everything is so taken away and life is so shattered and life is so unpredictable that, you know, people, they just feel like, well, all I can do is just say, I don't really have an option at all except to say, God, I surrender everything to you. And God's like, well, you really don't have a lot. I mean, kind of waited a while before you, you know. No, I surrender everything to you. 
and, and they will tell you, and you've been there at different times in your life, suddenly there is a peace, and, and this is the way the Bible describes it, there is a peace that surpasses all human comprehension, comprehension, which means it's a peace that doesn't make any sense because nothing's changed except what's happened in your heart. And Jesus, come on, talk to me. And Jesus says, look, I, I know you're freaked out. I, I know you're worried. You know, you're, you're wondering where the next meal is coming from. You're wondering what you're going to wear. You're wondering what your kids are going to wear. You're, you're wondering where you're going to, you know, what you're going to eat and where you're going to sleep. He said, I, I'm telling you, this is what Jesus is saying. He said, I'm telling you, you don't stop worrying by trying to stop worrying. You stop worrying by exchanging, by exchanging devotion. This is the great exchange. It's by exchanging devotion. By becoming devoted to something entirely different than you and your kingdom. And so he would say to you, and he would say to me, so I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you. Would, would you begin? Would you make the decision to open up your hands and say, God, I am surrendering everything to you. My good marriage, my bad marriage, my relationships, my finances, you know, my 401k, my 403b, you know, whatever it may be, I'm surrendering everything to you. And at the end of every prayer, after, you know, you know what, you know, I think I need, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I am trusting you with tomorrow as if we had any option at all. <laughs> come on, right? We just think we, you know, anyway, I'm trusting you for tomorrow and I'm praying that you would be glorified and I'm praying that your kingdom would be glorified and that you would shine brighter and that, you know, people would know you better because of what's happening, you know, in my circumstances. That's what I want more than anything else. And you're like, well, Dave, that like, that like scares me to death. Well, there's another option. Just worry. Go ahead. Worry. Have fun. Worry, right? Well, Dave, I mean, if I open up my hands and offer everything to God, what if he takes it? Well, what do you think he's doing right this minute, right? I mean, come on. Maybe that's why you're so worried, because you can't control it anyway, right? And I'm just telling you, listen, it's a, I don't care how good your job is. I don't care how secure you feel. I don't care how much money you have in the bank. You have no promise of tomorrow. You have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. You have no promise of tomorrow. Oh, yeah? Well, I got a smartphone and a schedule and four assistants. I, no, 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 no. You may not even make it to work tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, Right? Nobody has any certainty about tomorrow. So why would we worry about it? I don't know. Doesn't make any sense. So Jesus says, okay, I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you to say, in every area of your life, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then here is the surprise ending that Jesus gives us. He says, all these things, all these things, what things, what things? Well, all the things you're worried about, all the things that you're concerned about, 
All the things that you don't have any control over. All of the things that you don't know how they're going to work out. You have no idea. All those things will be given to you as well. Really? Seriously? Yeah, they will. Because you're more important to God than a bird. You're more important to God than a flower. You have been invited to address him and call him your heavenly father. Of course he's going to take care of you. And then he closes. Therefore, he has this summary statement. He's going to wrap it up. He says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. In other words, when your mind be, and, you know, begins to wrap its emotion and, and its tentacles and its you know, concern about tomorrow, he says, no, he says, no. That, that's where you just stop and you go, you know what? Thy will be done tomorrow. Thy will be done tomorrow. Thy will be done tomorrow. <clears throat> I've done all I can do in the now. I've done all I can do today. Thy will be done tomorrow. I fully trust you with tomorrow as I have sought to seek your kingdom first today. There was a uh, secular psychologist. It's an interesting article on meditation. You know, how to relax your mind and your brain and your feet and your toes and your eyes and, you know, <laughs> very, I mean, it's all good. Meditation is good. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But the funny thing was at the end of this, it was really sort of, it was not really a medical, uh, sort of a you know, high-end, if you will, article about meditation and relaxation. But he tells a story that parallels a story that I have heard so many times in ministry in my life. But it was like this unique little Huh? kind of story, you know, to, to this guy. The story was about a friend of his whose seven-year-old daughter was killed in an automobile accident. Who just, I mean, it just totally freaked him out. He started, you know, drinking. He drank his way out of a job. He drank his way out of a marriage. Uh, he drank his way, you know, into a hole. He just could not deal with the stress. He could not deal with the uncertainty of life. And eventually... Eventually, he checked himself into a rehab place that was sort of built around the, the AA model. And, and so he was in there for several weeks. And when he came out, his friend who wrote this article was talking to him. And he said he was really, really surprised, you know, by this just sense of peace that he had in his life. And, and not only just in terms of, you know, alcohol, but, you know, just life. I mean, you know, he had no job. He had left a, a, you know, a trail of destruction behind him financially and, you know, every other way. And in this article, he asked him, you know, how he was coping, you know, with the uncertainty of life because he didn't have any, this guy's life was anything but certain or uncertain. And here's what he said. He said, I'm hanging on to something that I learned in AA. The guy said, well, what was that? He said, one day at a time. One day at a time. And the guy wrote this article, I don't know, PhD, whatever. Uh, he, he wrote this article, and he's like, man, that's really good advice. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's like 2,000 years old, right? I mean, that's like 2,000. His friend didn't discover that. You know, AA knows they didn't discover that. Jesus, 2,000 years ago, said, hey, I got a great idea. I got a great idea. Why don't you worry about today and let me take care of tomorrow? 
Let's do that, okay? In other words, why don't you just decide to just take it one day at a time? Not because of a sense of faith, you know, whatever happens, happens. No, we're not trusting in faith. We're trusting in God who has invited us to call him, you know, Father. And Jesus says, look, I'm giving you permission. I'm giving you permission not to obsess about tomorrow because when you get there, I will be in your tomorrow. Just be responsible today. And at the end of this day, you just say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, in my life, in my circumstances, as it is in heaven. And I'm not going to worry. Not because I don't care, not because I'm you know, not being responsible, but because I cannot control the future. And I'm trusting in you to be there. And as my trust gets bigger, my worry and worries get smaller. So here's what I want to suggest that you do between now and next week. And we'll, we'll wrap this up next week. This is a version of something that, you know, people have done, you know, for, for years, and people have done it in lots of different ways. In fact, I thought about having us do this together, you know, in this service, but I thought, no, I think this is a bigger deal than that. I think this is bigger than just a, you know, a quick commitment and, okay, Dave, you know, I'm going to pray, and I'm not going to worry anymore, and you can, you can be in control. And we're sincere when we say that. I mean, I... I I don't want you to think that I think otherwise. You're sincere. You know, we're sincere when we make those decisions. But as soon as we walk out the doors, nothing has changed, right? Nothing has changed. So here's what I want to suggest you that you do. Would you be willing this week, at some point, get alone when you have just, you know, just a few minutes, and this may be five minutes, this may be 30 minutes, I mean, just when you have some time, and would you be willing to just get out a piece of paper and just, you know, take, grab a piece of paper and a pen, just write down, and just begin to write down, you know, all the areas of your life that you're concerned about, really just everything, you know, about your life, and just start, start with the ones that you worry about, you know, your job, uh, industry, uh, relationships, uh, you know, uh, tuition? Am I going to have to pull my kids out of school? Uh, you know, what about my son going to college? Just basically everything, everything that just represents your life. Just write down everything that's important to you. Just write it on a list. You know, my marriage, uh, my husband's job, uh, you know, whatever it may be, just make a list because this, you know, this represents life to you. See, this is that part where Jesus would say, is life not more than, and then you just fill in the blank. It isn't, is life not more than a job? Oh, yeah, yeah, life's more than a job. Is life not more than clothing? Oh, yeah, 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 life's more than that. Is life not more than, you know, where your kids go to school? Well, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess life's bigger than that. Just make a list of all those things. Every arena of life, all of the areas, you know, where I tend to worry all, all, all of those areas. Here's basically my whole life. If someone were to say, say to me, hey, tell me your whole life, you know, here, here's every category. Here's what represents life to me. And then what I want you to do is I want you to read this passage of Scripture, and then I just want you to pray. I want you to take that list that you've created and just say, God, I, I know what happens when, when I hold this like this. I worry. I worry because I want there to somehow for there to be the certainty 
and the future the way I imagine it. But when I hold it like this, and I know God where this has gotten me, I know where this is pulling me. I, I know that when I do this, I know what this has done to my relationships. I know what this has done to my thinking. I know what this has done to my health. So I just want to say to you today, God, that I am changing devotion. I just want to say that I am redirecting my primary devotion away from all of these things. And this still matters. I still care about this. This is important, you know, all of these things. But I want to learn. I want to learn what it means to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And so, God, I'm just letting you have this. I'm releasing this to you. You're going to be more important to me than all of this. I mean, you know what I want. You know my hopes. You know my dreams. You know my goals. I have an agenda. I have a plan for my life. You, You know all of that. But thy will be done. I'm devoting my life to you above my devotion to all these things. And you know what that's called? That's called surrender. That's called surrender. And in this passage that we looked at in Matthew that Jesus taught, Sermon on the Mount, greatest sermon, sermons ever preached. I think he preached this over and over again. That's what we talk about, you know, in lots of different, different ways and lots of different, you know, weeks here. You know, would you be willing to surrender your life? What represents your life to your Father in heaven? And I'm telling you, when you do that, that will be a huge step of faith. And I'm telling you, those of you who've done it, you know this is true, what I'm about to say. That's where the action is. I mean, it's one thing to believe that, but it's another thing to trust Him. Right? Right? I mean, you know, believe that is, well, I believe the Bible was written by God. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that we should all go to church. I believe, I believe, I believe. You know, I mean, that's fine and that's good. But the action is, is when the transfer happens, when the transition happens, it's when the change takes place, when you move from I believe that to I trust in. That's when the change happens. And when you say, God, I am, sh-, this is the great exchange, I am shifting my devotion from me and my kingdom to you and yours. I, I am surrendering to you. I'm trusting you with what defines life for me. See, that's a trust in, not a believe that. That's what that is. And something, something begins to happen inside your heart. Jesus says you conquer worry, not by trying to conquer worry. You conquer worry by surrendering your life to God's agenda. your life and you end every day in every prayer every day in every prayer thy kingdom come thy will be done on this earth in my life as it is in heaven and then you cannot worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself Would you stand with me? I want to pray for you. Okay, and we'll end this this morning. Heavenly Father, it's so, so much easier for me to stand up here and talk about this. So much easier for me to say than for any of us to do. And Lord, I know that outside the walls of this building, 
There are bills. There are unanswered prayers. There are pressures. There are expectations. There are people demanding things of us. There's insecurity. There's marriage things. It's just all out there waiting for us. And Father, you know. I pray that we would leave here with the assurance that God in heaven knows and can be trusted. Father, wherever this lands in each of our lives, we just ask for your guidance, your direction, your strength to do whatever it is you're asking us to do. And for some of us standing here today, Father, I pray that this would be a breakthrough week as we maybe for the first time just say, God, I'm opening up my hands. I'm surrendering my life and everything that represents life to me. I'm surrendering it to you, my heavenly Father. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in my life as it is in heaven. Father, please, please, please bring us to that point. And Father, for the person here this morning who's facing just excruciating circumstances, would you please in your grace and in your mercy, would you respond in some tangible way that it would, it would just go beyond you just knowing that they would see you do something in their life as an indicator that yes, you know, and that you really do care for them. And I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right. Praise God. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here today. God bless you. I'll see you next week.